this seminar is about... Yay! Well done, you guys are listening so far. Okay, so um, the title is Art of Worship. Um, we're going to be discussing the importance of worship, why we worship, and what actually is worship. So I've just got my notes in front of me, so I will be looking at them every so often. Doing two seminars back to back is tough. Good one. I'm trying to remember all that information is tough. And they all nugget. So when you say the word, when I say the word worship, what do you instantly think of? Okay. What? Thanking. Thanking? Yeah. Okay. Like praise and stuff. Oh, okay. Hey. Yeah. It's a small group. We can go around the table. It's going to be a long session. <laughs> worship. What, what do you think of worship? What is it? Um, worship. Yeah, like what, 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 what springs to mind? As soon as I say the word worship, what do you think of? That's an easy answer. <laughs> you just think it's okay? Yeah, that's an answer. Okay, okay. I'll take it. What about you, Andrew? Um, giving praise for something that we have. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start off with a wee story. and Because um, I like telling stories. I'm a story kind of guy. And then I'm going to stop kind of explaining what we're talking about. So a little about me. So we can have a sharing session. You guys need to know who I am so I can get to know who you guys are. So I grew up in a very traditional church in Lisburn called Seymour Street. It's a Methodist church. It was very regimented, very formal. Do you know what regimented and formal means? Structured? Yeah, very structured, very strict, very old-fashioned, very like military almost, where you stand up on command, you sit down on command, you know, you had your order service and you had to follow it to the letter. There was no deviation at all. You had to... Everything was very strict. And we played old hymns on a wee dusty old organ. And everybody sung the dreary hymns. And uh, it's almost like, you know, the episode of Simpsons where Homer's like sleeping in the pew whenever the, everybody's singing in church. It's kind of like that. Um, so that was my experience of Christianity and Christian music in church was, you know, singing the old hymns and the old organ. And I was just like, Ugh. it didn't really mean anything to me. I didn't really connect with it, didn't understand it, didn't know why we did it, why we sang, what, what was it for, what was the purpose. Never really found the importance of it. That all changed when I became a teenager. So that was me growing up. I've grown up in church all my life with my family and stuff. Um, during the summer, uh, I went out with my friends to Summer Madness. Anybody heard or been to Summer Madness? You heard of it? Yeah. So it used to be, it's over in, is it Lurgan or somewhere like that? I can't remember, but it, it used to be in the King's Hall up in Belfast um, so it was basically everybody went out with their youth groups camped for like a week uh, and then they had all these big tents and like people used to come down and do services and there used to be all these workshops and stuff really really cool and as a teenager I find this so bizarre because I you know, grew up in this really old church thinking this is what Christianity was dusty boring old crusty stuff um, whereas whenever I went to Summer Madness you know they had these big marquees big lights big smoke machines big bands big speakers and I'm like what what's this all about uh, so I found it really bizarre um, I find myself in a service feeling things that I've never even felt before you know and didn't really understand what was going on I just couldn't get over that this was a Christian event it felt more like a rock show than anything else um, but from the get go I was captivated uh, really excited wanting to never wanting at the end you just thought oh wow I've missed out on so much um, and I felt God more that one week than I ever did in church my entire life. Um, 
and it was just because people were so free to do whatever they want, whatever they felt they wanted to do in church during worship. Um, it was a bit weird, to be honest. Have you ever been in a, a, a worship service where you've seen people do this? Or this? Or this? Or jump up and down? No? Have you ever... No? Okay, so there's... I, I, was, I, I was experiencing people doing this, you know, closing their eyes, lifting their hands up, and I was like, what are they doing? Why, why are they doing that? And I couldn't help but stare a couple of times, and it did feel, make me feel a wee bit uncomfortable, going, why, why are people getting on like this? Dancing, crying, showing so much emotion, laughing, smiling. It was weird. But the only the reason I was uncomfortable is because it was so alien to me. Because I never experienced it before. I was like, "What is this?" But the more I, the more as the week progressed, I got used to it, and I was like, "Okay, I, can, I was starting to understand why people were doing this." It was because they were just so free and so open. You know, you heard Julie talking this morning about don't be afraid to let go. Just let it go and just see what happens. You know, um, I found this really intriguing. Wanted to know more. Wanted to know why people are getting on like this. Um, so, so after Shabbat Man ascended, went back to my church, going, "Yeah, really on fire for God. Let's do this in our church. Let's have a big rock show and be awesome." Went back to church and to praise God, and then the exact same thing happened. It was the same old regimented, dreary, emotionless worship continued, and I was like, oh, "Back to this again." But that didn't stop me. I think once that fire lit, it was like it kept going, and I got, I was, I wanted to learn more, wanted to understand more. Um, uh, so every year I kept going back to Summer Madness and I grew and I developed as a Christian in my faith. Um, so I'm going to pause the story here. That was good. You guys are really good listening. Um, to clarify one term, so we talked around the table about what worship was and kind of the consensus was praise was the kind of general gist, yeah? You know, singing to God and stuff. Um, so just to kind of set the record straight, so for years I thought that's what worship meant as well, but it actually means so much more. Um, so to play music and to sing to God is known as a time or an act of worship. So that's only one piece of what worship actually is. Um, it's a form of worship, but it's not. But there's so much more to it. Um, so if it's not about singing and just music, what else could it entail? What else do you think worship is? What's the purpose of worship? Like, why do we sing? Why do we sing songs? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, generally praise God to kind of glorify him, to say thank you, to say whatever we want to say to him. Yeah, that's exactly why we do it. Um, so, but true worship is not just the, you know, singing a song or lifting your hands up or closing your eyes. It's not about how much money you put in the offering plate every Sunday. Uh, it's not about how much you volunteer in church with Sunday school or anything else. They, these are maybe acts or expressions of worship, but it's not true worship. Um, one could say that true worship is the honour with extravagant love and extreme submission. So when I heard that, I was like, what? What does that mean? Um, so in other words, worship is defined by the priority we place in God, who God is in our lives, and where he is on our list of priorities, and what we choose to talk to God on a day-to-day basis. Um True worship is a matter of the heart expressed through a lifestyle of holiness. So I thought that was quite a quite an interesting thing. Um, that being said, what's important? Why is it important to worship? Why do we do it? What's, oh no, we know why we do it, but why is it why is it important? Why is it important to thank God, talk to God?
Do we do it because we have to? Do we do it because we want to? So there's nothing actually very difficult about worshipping God. Um, we are actually designed to worship. You know, you imagine you go to a football match. What do you do? You cheer. You celebrate every time there's a goal and your favourite team scores a goal. You throw the scarves up and the hats up. and You, you know, you're chanting, you're celebrating, you're talking about the game. Some people could call that worshipping. Um, not worshipping God, obviously, but worshipping the game, the football. You know, that's the kind of sort of idea. Um, you could go to your favourite concert, favourite band, uh, and you could cheer and you can clap behind every song. You know, that's some, some form of worshipping there. Um, we readily worship things with ease. We've got, you can worship food. People love, hello, right here. We've got a big table full of food here. People love food. Um, people love comfort. People love control over their own lives. Um, like we saw the video last night, remember the chisel? The guy was chiseling at the guy and he kept going, no, that's control. You can't control what I chisel away. I have to choose. We love, we love control, we love power over our own lives, we love achievement, we love doing well in life. Um, some people love work, some people love money, some people love relationships. Um, but God ultimately calls us to worship him. He commands it, he pursues it, he deserves it, uh, and he'll reward you for it. Um, he calls us to have a deep and meaningful, purposeful relationship with him. And God bestows his provision, his grace, his power on those who worship him in spirit and in truth. We shouldn't have to do it. We should want to do it. So I'm going to give you some examples. There's, again, I find loads of things mentioned in the Bible about worship. So I've picked out a few, which I thought were really cool. I see no one brought a Bible. No? Did anybody bring a Bible with them? No, it's okay. Um, I actually have a Bible on my phone, which I think is very, very cool. Oh, there you go. I just got 10,000 steps today. That's good. <laughs> I didn't even think I did. Um, but yeah, if any of you are like me and don't have a Bible on you all the time, the best thing to get is this little Bible app. It is awesome. So I'm going to look one up for you. And then any volunteers want to be nice and brave. So if we go around the table and read a bit each, would that be fair? We all take a wee bit each. It's, they're very short. Very short, very easy. Is that Okay. We'll all be brave. We'll all be men after we talked about our men's seminar. We'll all be strong. Okay, so the first one is First Chronicles 16. So you see here. So you can pick your book. So you can actually scroll up and down. So instead of flicking through the page and going, I don't know where it is, you can actually just like scroll up the list. Have you seen this before? The Bible app? So you get to pick your book, and then you pick your chapter. So chapter 16. Boop. And then your verses. Um, 23. There you go. And you can actually highlight stuff as well. So you remember Julie was saying this morning, you can highlight the Bible. You can do it with the app as well, which is pretty cool. Um, so I will start. And then we'll, or anybody, anyone who want to volunteer? Anybody like reading? Yes, good lad. So you want to read 23 to 31? It's really short. <laughs> it's very short, I promise you. It's very short. Uh, sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is the feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. 
strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord all your families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice like the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Well done, thank you. Right, do you want to look at what do you see this? I'll show you how to do it. So if we go to here, and if you look for John, not First John, just regular John. It's in the New Testament near the start. What is that? What that is? E E. You want to find him? And then if you look up four, so chapter four, and then verse twenty-one. And then if you could read 21 to 24. Right, he's listening. He's listening. Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is for, from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. They are the kinds of worshippers, the Father seekers. God is Spirit and his worshippers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. Thank you. Okay, and then do you want to look it up? So we're going to look up Sam. Sam with a P. Oh, so if you go to this one, then if you click down on that one. Psalm? Yeah. Psalm 99. Verse 99. Uh, the first verse. And then how many verses is there? There it should only be like nine. nine. Okay. Do you want to read some of them? Do you want to read, let's go to verse five, and then you can pick it up from there? Cool. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the shrubbing the earth sheep. Great is the Lord in his eyes. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The King is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob, we have done what is right and what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is new. Yeah, thank you. So you got to number five. Yeah, so if you take it from there to the end, so Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept his statutes and the decrees he gave them. Lord our God, he answered them. You are to Israel a forgiving God, though you punish their misdeeds. 
Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. Thank you very much. Okay, and now if you can look up Romans. You can you can search for it as well. Romans. R O M A N S. So Romans twelve, and then verse one and verse two. So if you read just the two verses there. Um, did you read the very first one there? Therefore. Thank you very much. Okay. So that was all very fun and good. Thank you very much for all reading. That was good. Um, teamwork and all that. So... Um, yeah, so those are some examples of worship. Anything stick out there? Anything make you go? Hmm. Or have you kind of thought, yeah, I know that all already. <laughs> no sweat, bro. It's all good. Yeah. No, everything. Everybody okay with that? Yeah. No, nothing to add to it. So there's 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 loads of examples in the Bible of what what proper worship is. Um, the I think the one that really stood out for me was the one that which Sam isn't it yeah. Sam um, read at the very end there was the um, offer yourself up as a living sacrifice as that's your true and proper worship I kind of thought oh my word that's it's uh, a, a big deal L- offer yourself up as a sacrifice in terms of what they mean by that is you know live a good life live a clean life live a healthy happy life but for God live for God so basically put away your own selfish ambitions and do what God wants you to do. And I thought that's, you know, again, going back to what your guy said in the video last night, when you think about that, that's actually really difficult to do. You know, you're not going to live for what you want to do. You're not going to live for money. You're not going to live for fame or fortune. You're going to be living for God and what exactly he wants you to do. And that's what they mean by a living sacrifice. You know, but what we sacrifice, God's going to reward us for, you know. The work that we do for God, he knows that we are choosing his way and not the world's way. And then it goes on in verse 2 to say, do not be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or no, sorry, do not conform to the world, but be transformed. Yeah? Um, Do you know what that means? Conform to the world? Anybody know what that means? Want to hazard a guess? Do not be conformed to the world. But... Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes, Cameron's on the ball. (laughs) Yeah, so basically don't be a sheep. You know, just because (laughs) Billy Bob around the corner is doing it means we all have to do it too. You know, it's, it's, it's about standing out from the crowd and doing what God is asking us to do or doing what is right, 
not just because you know you, you hear this you know the saying everybody your parents always said to you at least once in your life oh if all, all your friends jumped off a cliff would you do it too you know because you're saying oh my mates are doing it like you know I have to, I have to quit too but you know yeah that's, that's, that's exactly what it means you know don't be a sheep if, it, if you know in your heart that it's not right to do it's basically saying you know be transformed be strong stand out again tying into what we talked about earlier about being a, a true man is being steadfast being strong being true to yourself being true to God and actually sticking up for your, you know and going you know what actually this isn't the right thing to do I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here or I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do you know um, so that's basically what that means about the transforming renewing of your mind business I quite like it it, it comes up time and time again and I'm thinking mm, it's a good challenge and it's something you can apply, apply into your lives let's say for example you're at school and you're around the back of the school building where there's like no, no teachers really go and you see your friends lighting up a doobie and you're thinking and he's, he's going oh you know do you want to try do you want to try and you're thinking oh I don't want to be I don't want to be seen as the guy who refuses it but equally what's the right thing to do you know do you conform be a sheep fall into that trap or do you go actually I'm okay I'm, 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 I'm not going to try it you know yeah, you know what I mean? Silly example. Hopefully, nobody's had that experience, but. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it is. It's, it's, it's a hard decision because there's peer pressure. You know what I mean? If you go out with your friends and your friends are like, oh, don't be that guy, you know, come on, be cool, be cool. And you're thinking, is it being cool? Or, you know, you have to reflect upon life and think, you know what, at the end of the day, are these guys actually any good for me? You know, are they are they actually leading me down a good path, or are they just going to keep you know bringing me into bad places, bad doing bad things? Anyway, getting back on topic. Um, so to finish my story of what happened, I know everybody remember how, where we left off. Um, the uh, yeah, so I was at Summer Madness, things were going really well, and then I went back to church and it was all wick again because I was like, oh my goodness, this is so rubbish. Um, so. God started to really challenge me. I started getting really into music. Obviously, you can tell I play guitar and stuff. Um, I got uh, I got quite interested in playing electric guitar. I was big into rock music, so I started playing lots of rock and roll sort of music too. Um, started joining bands. Started playing Christian band stuff. Um, have anybody heard of Autumn Soul? It's like a, it's kind of like Summer Madness, but it's, it happens in autumn, obviously. Um, with the name like Autumn Soul. So basically it was an opportunity. So it's, it's, it's a whole weekend where all these churches come down together in to, into Bangor. Um, Hamilton Road, Presbyterian, big massive church. And uh, they put on like a band and they asked me to come down. Like no one knew I played guitar yet. I was very, you know, I was only starting off as maybe about 15 and I wasn't very good at that stage. Um, but someone told, I, I, I assume God told this girl to phone me from my church and say ask Curtis to play and I was thinking why do they know I play guitar no one knew I knew I played guitar but she said I feel I have to ask you this question would you play guitar for me in this band and I thought oh really are you sure um and that was that was it that was where my passion kind of struck from you know obviously because of Summer Madness then Autumn Soul and that was kind of like my platform where God used me because I didn't give up I kept holding on to the fact that I want to keep learning this new found faith I want to keep growing in God because I can really connect with this um I can appreciate that music and singing doesn't connect with everybody. Not everybody's a big fan of doing that, and that's okay. I'm not saying you have to. That's the only way. It's an e- it's a good way of doing it. 
it's a good way to sing. It's a good way to connect with God. Um, but there are other ways. And we're going to talk about that in a second. About how, how else can we worship God if it's not just singing. Um, so, anyway. Yes, yeah, so I got to play in Autumn Soul. I got to play there for 10 years, which was amazing. It was the best time of my life. So every year I kept coming back playing. That bring, brought on more opportunities. I got to travel around Ireland. So it was, a, it was like a big nine-piece band. We had a drummer from Dublin. So we went down to Dublin, played a lot, a lot of gigs down there. Lots of fun. Um, so yeah, I, I grew and grew and grew. And then one day, I eventually got the opportunity in church to go, do you know what we need to do? Let's get a praise band together. Because we were still playing organ music at this stage, and we thought, nobody's connecting. All the young people hated it, including me. So we got a praise band put together, and we slowly started to introduce praise songs kind of like the songs we're singing this weekend you know those sort of songs um, and a few older ones and stuff as well and um, so started building up a musical repertoire you know like a compilation of songs um, and then whenever I turned 18 I uh, became a youth leader of my youth group we call ourselves Snaz Sunday night at Seymour Street Ooh, how, how hip hop are we um, so and I did that for many many years as well and um it was an uphill battle, so we got a it was a we got a little youth a youth band put together from the youth group, put a wee band together, and we got to play in church, and that was like a big thing. We never had guitars or drums or piano other than the organ in church before ever, so this was a big deal for us, um, and it was a big turning point. So it was an uphill battle, like I said. Of course, all the older traditional people thought we can't have drums in this church. Oh no! But um, actually, quite interesting in the in the Bible. We were talking about it earlier. Um, that, or sorry, I said it last night. Actually, Psalm 150. I'm going to read this to you really quickly. I thought this was quite funny. Uh, whenever the the crusties, I call them, um, came up and said, "You know, you can't be hitting drum cymbals. This is ridiculous. Oh, this isn't a, a pub you can play in." You know, so. Uh, Psalm 150. So whenever I saw this, I thought, That's, this is brilliant. Um, yes, it's this one. It says, Praise the Lord. Uh, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Remember we heard about that in that David played. Um, praise him with the timbrel and the dancing. Timbrel, I think is in fact let's look up what a timbrel is because I always find when you read these things and you don't quite understand what, what it means you think it's bigger yeah I was thinking tambourine as well timbrel yes you're right there it is big like metallic tambourine you guys are on the ball well done there you go awesome big tambourine I tell you that makes sense because it says the harp and the lyre, which you pronounce the same thing. Uh, timbrel and the dancing. Praise him on the strings and the pipe. Praise him on the clash of the cymbals. I thought that was quite a funny one. I was like, aha, it's biblically proven we can play drums. We should play drums. Praise him on the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I thought, hmm, that's quite interesting. Um, so, but we had, to, we had to respect everybody's opinion. We didn't want to come in and go, we don't care what you think, we're going to play it our way. So, it, it took, like I said, it was an uphill battle. 12 years on, that was 12 years ago, uh, 12 years on, we are finally at a place, 
so it really was an uphill battle, it took us a long time, uh, where, where young people felt that they were included and that they were engaged in worship with God and that the older members can still enjoy their traditional values. So we have this thing called blended worship where we have the band and we have the organ and we can split it up. You know, so instead of doing two separate services, you know, a morning service and a later morning service, one for the older and one for the younger, we like to keep it all together. So we'll maybe do like six songs in a service three of them will be organ, three of them will be praise song, and that way everybody's getting something out of it, you know? And that's what we call blended worship. Um, so that was kind of our, that was kind of uh, how God was kind of using me to help bring that back to our church. Not, not just me, obviously there's a lot of people who want to change as well, a lot of the young people wanted younger music. Um, so I'm assuming you guys all go to Ballygowan Church, yes, yes. What's the worship like there? Do you find it? Interesting, good, or are you just kind of like, eh? It's all right. Is there? Is it the same like what I just described, or is it better? It's like you know, play, but there's piano, and sometimes there's like yeah, all like splashes over here, so you get like this guy plays the flute. Oh yeah, nice one. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Does somebody play the guitar? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So, what was I going to say? So that's pretty much me done. But uh, anybody got any? I'm going to. I'm going to hit this now.